Hi, and welcome to the second of three special Transit Unplugged episodes. Today is the keynote from Lauren Skyver of Sunline Transit, where she talks about innovation and how she has taken the pandemic as a, the catalyst for faster and more impactful innovation in her transit agency. Here, have a listen. My name is Lauren Skyver, and I'm CEO General Manager for Sunline Transit Agency in Thousand Palms, California. You may be more familiar with city names like Palm Springs or Indio if you've attended the Coachella Fest, but Sunline serves all 1,120 square miles of the Coachella Valley. I want to give a big shout out to the Trapeze team for putting together an amazing conference so that you can understand more of the technology you have and some of the ways you could use it better in the future. They also have some exciting ideas about how we reimagine ourselves outside of the post-pandemic era to reach our customers, gain new ones, and get back to the service levels we had prior to the pandemic. So first, I'm going to show you a short video, and then I'm going to talk about how we use inspiration, passion, and purpose to reinvent, reimagine, and refuel our organization. So one of the things you saw in there is that the future has to be created. It doesn't just happen. And there are things about the future that just happen that we don't control. But a lot of things we absolutely control, whether they're in our work or personal life. And so I want to talk about inspiration, because many times in transit, we don't believe that there's a place for inspiration in our daily work. We do a job that's very prescribed, lots of rules, lots of procedures for very good reason. We have our safety of our passengers and the motoring public in our hands and our employees and our leadership needs to always be focused on safety. But inspiration absolutely has a place in what we do. And it's not just the agency's inspiration, but it's yours. And so I ask you as I'm talking today to think about what inspires you. Are you inspired by your career choices? Are you inspired by the projects that you work on? Are there ways to reinvent yourself exactly where you sit today? Or are there ways to open your mind to inspiration on how you can affect your agency's productivity, efficiency, or your own creativity, feeling better about what you do every day. So inspiration is a noun. I say it's a verb because a lot of times when I get inspiration, I feel like it makes action happen in my mind. But it's the process of being mentally stimulated. To be mentally stimulated, we have to be mentally open. We have to think about things we hear or jobs that we get assigned in a different kind of way. I can take things that are pretty mundane and get inspiration around them. The way I work is I know there are things I have to do every day that are just transactional parts of my job. But if I really think about how I could do that in a way that creates some other benefit, whether it's to one employee, the overall organization, or to myself, it makes everything I do a little bit more fun. And I'm surrounded by a group of team members that think the same way. Inspiration is not something that we need to be humbled by. We don't need to hide it. Inspiration is something that makes us happy. We feel good about it. And most of us feel really good when we're behind something creative that we had a hand in creating. Here's some of the synonyms. I talked about many of them. Inventiveness, innovation, ingenuity. A lot of times we think those are kind of bad words in transit. We just need to keep doing the same thing we've always done. We need to pull up to the curve and pick people up. That is absolutely true. Nothing about what we do to the public has changed, but we can look at 
this transactional service that we provide and find ways to make it inventive, make it creative, and to do things that take the individual talents that we all have in our organization and then make them a part of a fabric of inspiration and creativity. So inspiration, there's some, there's some attributes to it. There's power and passion. You don't have to be a powerful person, a powerful speaker, but you have to feel passion about what you're doing or what you believe in. And bringing that to work is not a bad thing. It has to be harnessed correctly and there's ways to test it. But absolutely being passionate about what you do is okay in the workplace. Purpose. Do you understand what you do at your agency and how it fits in the overall wheel of success for rolling those buses out every day? Sunline spends a lot of time making sure that every person at our organization understands how what they do, their role, whether large or small, plays into the success of the overall team. And then action. We can talk about things all day long. We can talk about what we want to do, who we want to be, where we want to be. But if we don't put action around that, then that doesn't become anything that we can put our hands on, feel proud of, or see come to fruition. Power and passion. Here's what we say is the definition. We all have it because we're in this business. Public transit is a calling. It's not just a job. It's something we do because we create something for the community. We feel good about how we connect people to jobs. We feel good about how we create mobility for a community. And we feel good about the people we work with in this business. There's some intense enthusiasm about passion, right? So as we are talking with each other today, I want you to think about what are your personal passions? Your personal passions play a part in how you come to work. You have an envelope that you work in. It may be faith-based. It may be about helping others. It may be about monetary value. But we all have a passion and purpose that is who we are as humans. And sometimes we're afraid to talk about who that is at work. We feel like work has to be a separate envelope. And what I want to talk to you about a little bit today is about how you can take who you are and bring it to work in a constructive way. So do you know your personal power or passions? Have you ever thought about your personal power? Have you ever misused it in a way that made you afraid to bring it out again? It happens all the time. You might be in a meeting, you have something to say, you say it and the room goes quiet and everyone's looking down and you feel like you've made an error. You've given your opinion on something in a way that maybe wasn't well received. It happens. But don't take that as being afraid of using it. You just have to harness it. You have to think about your personal power in a way that it's like any muscle. It has to be worked. It has to be exercised. You have to learn from the things you do right and what you don't write with your don't do right with your personal power. And then you have to blend it with your passion. And so one of my messages today is many of you listening to me today are very powerful people, but you haven't learned how to bring that power to work. And you may have brought it to work in a way that didn't have the greatest outcome. And so now you're afraid to bring it back to work again. I want you to do some personal work on what your power and your passions are and find a way that work only complements them. They bring out the best of you. They bring out the best of what your personal power and passions are. And it's easy to do. Sounds hard, easier to do than you think. Purpose. 
the reason for which something is done. What is your purpose? Is your purpose to provide for your family? Is your purpose to learn everything you can about a certain part of your job or about transit or about anything? Do you really want to do something else with your life, but you're doing this to get there? All of those answers are correct. They all have a different pathway that you have to start thinking about now. What is your purpose at your organization? What do you have in tools in your tool belt that you haven't brought forward yet, but you could bring forward to help your organization either solve a problem or improve on something that you do in service delivery? Your purpose, your passion, your power, they're all a part of who we are. We know that our agency has a purpose statement, right? We all have a mission statement, usually pretty general about providing safe public transit, environmentally friendly, whatever those words are. But what's yours? At our agency, we do a day-long class to find out what your purpose and passion and what your statement of that is for others. What do you bring to the organization every day that is about who you are and what you're ready to do each day that you come into the office, go to the shop, go to the ops center or wherever it is you go for the day to lend your talents to your transit agency. Action, something to be done, just not merely spoken about. So if right now, as I'm talking, you're thinking, well, Lauren, that's great for you. You're a CEO. You were able to do that and start out as a CEO. I started out as a maintenance clerk. And really, I was taught early on in my career to harness my passions, my power, and to move through myself to where I wanted to be in my career. And that takes action. You may have had many doors ready to open for you without having your hand on the knob. Think about the actions you need to take in order to get where you want to be in your career. Without you, it doesn't happen. So I want you to take a moment right now as I'm talking and think about where you are right now in your career. Are you satisfied? Are you happy with what's happened so far? If you are, that's great. You can be happy where you are now for the next 30 years. And transit is another amazing place where wherever you end up that you're happy, you can stay. Bus operator, technician, accountant, marketing. But if you're not, how do you reinvent yourself where you are right now to get where it is you want to be? That takes you. And really, it takes the help of others. But if you don't have a plan on how to get there, no one else can help you develop that plan. So inspiration and, and your agency. So now I'm going to take everything that I've said, and I'm going to put it together in a real plan and case study that Sunline went through. So zero mission technology, a lot of people know how famous we are for that. But I'm going to take you back to sixth grade and ask you, how many people know where every source of energy on the planet comes from? Every source whether it's fossil fuels, solar, wind, whatever it is, where does it start? Well, you learn this in sixth grade, maybe third grade for some of you, but it comes from the earth. I'm sorry, from the sun. The sun is the generator of all energy on earth. And so knowing that, we can start to tap into how does fossil fuel, alternative fuels, and other high types of energy work. And really what is the sound process for moving forward in the zero emission world that some of us are being regulated to do and some of your agencies are thinking to do, whether it's just a, a mission by the agency or a mandate by your state. So hydrogen is what we're famous for. And I'm gonna tell you a little bit about it. 
If you have some water on your table right now, take a drink and that's your first introduction into what hydrogen is. So H2O is around you all the time. It's the most abundant element on earth if you didn't know that. It's odorless, tasteless, and colorless. And it's the smallest and lightest element of chemical elements on the planet. It comes from water and it makes up over 90% of the atoms in the entire universe. So it's around and it's been around us for a long time. We hear about it and we get worried because all we know really about hydrogen is what happened at the Hindenburg. And really, I just wanna let you know that it was not the hydrogen that was the doom of the Hindenburg. It was actually the coating they put on the outside of the blimp, which was flammable, mistake. But no, next time you're doing any kind of board game that has some trivia, that you know really what happened to the Hindenburg. It can be stored as a liquid or gas. It's used as rocket fuel. And it's also used as vehicle fuel, as we do here at Sunline with our fuel cell buses. It can be converted from liquid to gas, back to gas, back to liquid. It can be converted into electricity. And so when you think about what we're struggling with right now with energy storage and the use of batteries, you can see where hydrogen is going to be a big player in how we store energy, even if we don't use it as propulsion fuel for our vehicles. It doesn't produce harmful emissions, but I will say it depends on how you create it. So there are green hydrogen sources, there are black or gray hydrogen sources. And so how you create hydrogen does affect how green it actually is and how renewable it is. And it's fuel efficient. These are the ways you can create it. You can electrolyze it. So you can use electrical current to create it. It can be gasified or liquefied. You can use steam methane reforming from CNG or compressed natural gas. And those are the two main ways that we create hydrogen. And Sunline has experience with both, both steam methane reforming and electrolytic hydrogen. So for three decades, we've been working on alternative fuels technology. The fuel cell vehicles being sold today and some of the electric drive vehicles, both light duty and heavy duty drive that are being driven today, were pioneered at Sunline. We were the ones that actually are indeed with other amazing partners, perfecting this drivetrain solution with both fuel cell and all battery electric. This is our fleet. So I like to tell people we're very technology agnostic. We run both all battery electric and battery dominant fuel cell vehicles. So a fuel cell vehicle is an electric vehicle. We just have a small fuel cells, a range extender. So we don't plug it in at night, but they are both electric drive vehicles. We have some exciting projects coming up. Um, we just uh, are in the phases of commissioning our electrolyzer. So this is about a one ton production per day electrolyzer. So using electricity to create hydrogen. Um, and we are also going to be starting a capacity project with a major utility in our area for steam reformation using some new R&D technology that they want to develop and bring to market. That will bring another almost ton of uh, hydrogen to our property. And then we are also just won a CEC grant for a liquid station. And so really we'll have both steam reformation, electrolytic production and liquid on our property, which makes us proficient in all of the vehicles that hydrogen comes in or can be produced in. 
So this is our station that we just built internally. And right now it's fueled by those 900 kilograms per day that I talked about. One thing to know about hydrogen for us as a decision, we're a CNG, compressed natural gas um, organization, as you saw, one of the first. And so moving to hydrogen really had no um, disruption to our operation. We were already filling um, a gaseous fuel. Our maintenance facility was already rated for gaseous fuel. So the delta of change between CNG and hydrogen is fairly small. Um, it's when you go from diesel to hydrogen that you have a little bit more work to do, but still not impossible. And so this is a picture of the new internal station that we just built. And for the first time ever, we actually have hydrogen inside our gate instead of at our public facility. And so this is a pretty exciting project that we've just finished. So in California, and many of you on this session are in California, you're aware that the ICT, Innovative Clean Transit, and the ACT, the Advanced Clean Truck Rule, have been um, passed. We've been successful in securing a lot of money to move our ICT plan forward. And so one of the things we believe in is, is rather than wait until everybody else gets into the money pool, we put our grants in continuously and actually won several big grants during COVID. And so if your agency is thinking about how are you going to deploy zero emission vehicles, I say get in your hat in the ring right now while money is being dispersed for these types of projects. You can get help on how to deliver them along the way. So COVID, 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 I'm not going to talk a lot of that, and I'm not going to use the word pivot. Try not to. Um, but we all have been affected both personally and professionally by COVID, and it's changed the landscape of transit, and we can't ignore that, nor are we. A lot of people don't realize how smart public transit agencies are. We're not, you know, old school. This is just the way it's done, and it's the way it's always going to be done. We're innovative, we're smart, we're green, and we're growing. So I kind of teased this up in the beginning of my talk, but this is what Sunline decided to do as the pandemic really took shape and affected all of us, both in our work and professional and home life. We decided that we needed to build optimism for our employees. We needed to get around making change to ourselves so we would be ready in a post-pandemic era to come out stronger. And so we developed this mission to reinvent, reimagine, and refuel ourselves. We'd been working on a transportation network change that was taking years in the making. We decided that we would just do this more quickly because of the ridership lows we were experiencing during the pandemic. And so our refueled initiative, which is a total redesign of our network was done to reduce transfers, to reallocate underperforming service, which is difficult to do when we're in a ridership period or a high ridership period and explore more flexible services. We really had planned to do this over a small amount of time, slowly chipping away at the agency and slowly chipping away at our transit network until we had accomplished the refueled vision. So we took our 14 local routes down to nine. That doesn't mean that we stopped serving a vast amount of our service area. We just strengthened, lengthened, and straightened out some of our routes that, as you guys know, begin to meander as we get requests for service and aren't necessarily productive parts of those routes, really slow down the entire network and the passenger experience. We want to get all of these nine routes to 15 minutes or less and then use more frequencies services like rideshare and other flexible services to move our customers to these main train-like fixed routes local fixed routes. Now, let me just give you a little kicker here. Not new. Transit has been doing circulating services for 100 years. 
We just think it's new because we have a new level of players, a new set of um, decisions we can make that we may not have had back when circulating services. Uh, when I got in the business, which I don't want to give my age, were really prevalent in transit agencies. We have a history. We are innovative. We've moved with many times and we're not stopping anytime soon. So what's next? What's next for us? What's next for you? What's next for your agency? Our future, we're going to be developing the largest microgrid in transit, hopefully, to power both our facilities and our hydrogen production. We're going to convert all of our fuels to completely renewable by doing that. And we're also building the newest and I would say best training um, opportunity for supporting the workforce development that needs to happen by building the West Coast Center of Excellence. Those are all active projects on our facility right now. We're in design for our West Coast Center of Excellence, and it'll be available to all of you listening in your transit agencies once we get it up and running. We do have curriculum developed, but we want to get this facility built so that we can do both web-based training and in-person training when we can do that again. Since a lot of this technology actually does need wrench time for our technicians to understand how a fuel cell works or to be safe around the electricity that's coming with these new buses. What's possible by that? Well, by building stations, by producing, by having a public station, Sunline has been making money, not just on low carbon fuel standards credits, but also on just the sale and revenue of the fuel that we sell. So we've been selling CNG for more than 28 years. And with all this capacity I talked about in our hydrogen production, we plan to sell that as well and capitalize on what's going to happen in California when the passing of the ACT really does start to affect trucking and goods movement. There's also the potential for us to collect um, uh, RENS credits. And those are also revenue streams that could come into the agency for us to provide transit service. And this revenue helps us expand and get new projects going because we just don't have our subsidies to rely on, but our own revenue stream through selling fuel. So one of the things I want to leave you with is if you have a station on your organization's property now and you're thinking about moving to a zero emission technology, think about how you could also make that available to the public and how maybe your agency could benefit from those revenues by having either clean electricity, clean hydrogen, whatever comes down the pike in the future available to your neighbors or to the motoring public who may be near you or corridors that are near you. So I wanna leave you with a couple things. Inspiration, passion and purpose. Who are you? Who do you wanna be? And who are you at your agency? If you're sitting there feeling like you're not moving forward, how can you do that? How can you reinvent yourself? And then how can you reinvent, reimagine, and refuel your transit network to meet the needs we're going to have to respond to in this post-COVID pandemic era? Thank you so much for letting me talk to you today. I think you're all amazing. And I know you're going to have a great conference. And I look forward to when we can see each other in person. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lauren, and thank you all for joining us this morning. I hope you enjoy your sessions today. We have a wonderful program for you, and I strongly encourage you to check out the Solution Center between 2 and 3 p.m., see products available today and others that are just around the corner. There's a lot to be excited about. We can't wait to show you what we've been up to. Have a wonderful day, too, everybody. 
Thank you for listening to this special Transit Unplugged episode, the keynote speech from Think Transit. Hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget to subscribe to Transit Unplugged in the podcatcher of your choice.